Hi, you're listening to the Monsters of Talk. I'm Margaret Cho. I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Jim Short. Jim, today we fi- we, we got lost. Uh, uh, the thing about Atlanta is there's so many different street names that ha- are the same street name, mm-hmm. but then they have a, a slight variation like a north or a northwest. Um, and we were lost. Also, our guest was lost. Everybody was lost. We're just, uh, we're just uh, this is one big GPS we were just sending Fiasco. messages back and forth. We're lost. So are we. <laughs> we are lost. Maybe we'll see you eventually. Well, we're here with uh, Mac from Superchunk. Mac, so great to finally meet after talking. It's nice to meet you in person, and it's great to be on your podcast. And thank you for, thank you for doing this. But wh- where, where were you lost? Where were you guys lost? We were coming. We came from Durham, North Carolina this morning. Wow. And so we didn't really get lost until we got into Atlanta, but... That's a six-hour drive that always seems like it should be shorter. Atlanta seems like it should be closer than six hours right, to where yes. we are. Right. And it's just an incredibly long, not terribly interesting drive down I-85. Well, we were we actually had been talking about that drive because I wanted to do... Um, a, he, uh, he had put together this benefit, I think it was at the Orange Peel, for um, to just protest what eventually became North Carolina's um, very, very difficult anti-gay marriage law you know yes and so we we were trying to do something like last year or the year before but you know i really wanted to do it but then it would have required me to do that drive overnight and you're like i don't think you should no, do that, that drive. drive is very discouraging yeah we did a concert at a, a place called the um the hall river ballroom in saxapaha north carolina which is just outside chapel hill mm-hmm. and um Bob Mould came and played. Tig Notaro was there. David Cross was there. We had a, it was a great night, but the amendment eventually did pass, unfortunately. Um, but that is the state of North Carolina that we're living in these it's days, strange, unfortunately. Though. Why? Why do you think that that sort of law needs to be in place? And then, what does it mean when DOMA is repealed and you have all these ideas that we have gay marriage in America, but in North Carolina? There's so much restriction against it. It's a it's a really weird thing, and it's uh, in uh, I heard an interview with David Sedaris recently where he pointed out that as we all knew, it was uh, gay marriage was already illegal, <laughs> so it's like they made it dub- doubly illegal, extra illegal in North Carolina. Super illegal. Yes, in super North illegal. Whatever yeah. you do, they're going for like the real dick sweepstakes in North Carolina. Them they, in Texas are. are in the fight of like. <laughs> All, taking away all women's reproductive rights. They are. And it's embarrassing because North Carolina, I th- it, certainly people in our area, but in general, I think North Carolina has always seen itself as a little bit different than, say, South Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, other parts of the South. They've, I think North Carolina has always tried to be a little bit more progressive in some ways. And they've had Democratic governor for as long as I've been alive uh, until last year. Uh, and so with the... The first time the Republicans have held both houses of the state legislature in 100 years and a Republican governor, it's like a terrible recipe <laughs> for, for everything. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and like you said, they're going for it. Well, they, they not only a year or two ago struck down, and this is before I think they even enhanced the no gay marriage, any civil unions for yeah. any couple, even straight couples, they're like, no, we don't want any of that either. And it They're was, really going hmm. to oppress everyone. Yeah. yeah. And, and there was, I mean, I guess from town to town, like Chapel Hill could offer, for instance, um, to their uh, city employees, you know, uh, same-sex partner benefits and that kind of thing. But I think that was one of their intentions with Amendment 1 was to override any local laws that might be friendly 
Oh, really? <laughs> or humanistic, yeah. And to just like put a blanket over everything so that they could just kind of do what they wanted. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy situation, and I just can only hope that they're overreaching in a way mm-hmm. that even people who don't pay attention to politics... I mean, I think one reason this stuff can happen is because people don't pay attention to local politics enough or state politics. But I think some of the stuff has gotten so much press and so much national press that you can only hope that either these cases will all be litigated to the point where a court will be forced to, you know, show the unconstitutionality of some of these things, mm-hmm. or people will just vote all these people out of office at some point. You know? Right, right. But all I mean, that stuff takes hard. so long, you know. I know. It's, it's like, such oh, a long process. It's a long process. And, yeah. and it only takes a quick session for them to put enact this stuff. I mean, because like, yeah. they've been working so hard they just, like, to do that. They just push it through, push it through, yeah. Then to turn it around is easy. Like, what's, what is, Virginia's doing something like that too, right? Like making... Virginia, yeah, Virginia has some crazy laws, and like you said, Texas, mm-hmm. Ohio, mm-hmm. Um, Wisconsin. I mean, it's 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 weird because all a lot of these places you don't think of as being, I mean, except maybe out of those places, maybe Texas and Virginia as being super conservative places, right. anyway. You know? Yeah. But it's like certain the right people get in there. Um, but you know, I think that well, I went to a protest in Asheville a couple weeks ago, you know, Reverend Barber, who's the head of the NAACP in North Carolina, he started this thing called Moral Mondays, Mm -hmm. where people would show up at the state legislature, the House, uh, in Raleigh every Monday when the state was in session and fill up the chamber, and then a certain amount of people would be arrested and Mm -hmm. be taken away. Um, And now that the legislature's out of session, he's moving these protests around the state. And we were in Asheville and went to one. There was a they said there was 10,000 people there. I don't know if there was 10,000 people, but there were thousands of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the people are waking up to it, but unfortunately you're up against this gerrymandering of the districts that means that a lot of these guys are just never going to lose mm-hmm. their seat. And also one thing that they're doing is taking away, is making it much harder to vote everywhere. So all the, I mean, Obama won the state in 2008. Mm-hmm. So you think about going from that, first time a Democrat has won North Carolina since Jimmy Carter, wow. Wow. To, to where we are now, and it feels like a big step backwards, and, and like I said, they're taking this opportunity to make sure that never happens again, yeah. by making it so you can't vote if you're a student, student ID doesn't count as an ID to vote, taking all the voting po- places off of campuses, mm-hmm. um, making it, uh, taking away early voting. I mean, they're just doing everything they can to make it hard to vote. I mean, and yeah. a lot of it's just straight up racist uh, in terms of like, oh, black colleges, like they're going for those traditionally black colleges first in terms of taking away voting places on campus, moving them off campus. Um, you know, it's, it's, like I said, it's so bold that you just hope that maybe it backfires in some way. Mm-hmm. But it's a frustrating situation. But it's, it's frustrating. I mean, well, as a, just as a music fan and thinking about North Carolina in, in terms of a sound and thinking about what you've been doing and what, you what you represent for me it's hard to think about the state and the sound and all that i have like like idolized about chapel hill and all these these sort of ideas that i have about north carolina and then the, the reality of the politics it's very it's off putting because it's like yeah. this is a the pl- birthplace of like really great important rock and roll and you know something that is about like progressive expression sure. and progressive political expression. So it's it's odd that the state itself is so conservative when in my mind and in my heart, what North Carolina has always represented is really cool, like alternative ways of thinking. I know it's weird to have like one idea about a place or like an emotional connection to it through art mm-hmm. or something like what you're saying and then 
have someone else putting this other idea in your head about it, you know, like by doing horrible things and like you don't want to think about North Carolina. I don't want to think about North Carolina like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and to a certain extent, you know, we live in, I mean, Chapel Hill and Durham and Raleigh, I mean, we live in a pretty progressive part of the state. Yeah, certainly yeah. The, the far yeah. eastern and the, and the western part of the state are, are, are much more conservative. But, um, and, you know, we've always had people like Jesse Helms was for so long, like the face yes. of North Carolina uh -huh. politics. You know, like you didn't hear about whoever the governor was. You just heard about Jesse Helms. Right. But that was kind of balanced out by the fact that the governor was Democratic and there were progressive things happening at home, even though he was kind of doing his crazy thing on Capitol Hill, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it always felt like there was like a progressive feel to the place. And it still does in our town, but you want it to be a statewide thing. You don't want to just feel like, well, we live in this oasis and everything's cool here, so what, I can't worry about what's happening in Buncombe County or something like that. You know, it's like you want in to feel... In Mayberry. Yeah, like you want to feel like it's a statewide But it's good an interesting thing, thing. You know? like we were, we were just in Athens for the last couple of days and there's so much um, great rock and roll that has come out of Athens. Yeah. And, and, and traditionally like pretty queer pretty wild, pretty interesting, pretty differently, different, sort of differently, like, thought out this process. And, and um, yet, like, the area and the where they're in, it's so conservative, like Georgia mm. is so conservative. And I'm like, how does that happen when you have this place that, that continually, it, it, there's a sound to the place, like Chapel yeah. Hill, and, and what you guys have been doing, it's like, there's a sound to a place and a legacy to it. And yet sure. you're in a very conservative well, place I think that, too. I, think, I mean, that's a good point about Athens. You know, I've been listening to the B-52s a lot recently because mm. we were coming to play here and it just got me started thinking about Athens and Atlanta both. And uh, I mean, those records are so crazy sounding. Yeah. As are Pylon and yeah. everything else from, from that era coming out of Athens. And it was like a point of pride. I mean, R.E.M., you know, even though they were from Athens, they played in North Carolina a lot. Mm -hmm. And being from the South, you kind of felt like when they got popular, it was sort of like, see, like we have cool stuff too in the South. It's not just, mm -hmm. you know, hillbilly land down here. Um, and I think that, you know, people in Chapel Hill felt a real affinity for, for, for Athens. And, yeah. you know, flat duo jets are in the movie Athens Inside Out and they're from Chapel Hill and they uh -huh. had gone down there and, um, were, had relationships with the, the Athens music scene. So, uh, it is a weird, it is a weird thing. I mean, I think it's valuable for the rest of the country to see that there's cool stuff happening in these places that yeah. maybe they have an idea about it. That's, yeah. that's one way. Yeah. Know. And that's, and that's great. And that, that's something that, um, I always, I always loved about your band and the way that you really do represent a different view of the South. We're like, mm -hmm. we're going to like be proudly from the South, even, even though the South has this meaning, other meaning and this other idea of being like you brought into this whole like awareness of we are from the South also. So, right. and that's claiming um kind of the birthright of the place like it doesn't have to all be what people think it is it's like this whole new way of thinking about it right and i and and it's interesting because i was born in fort lauderdale mm -hmm. and growing up i was into like what was on the radio you know classic rock basically was like what i loved and i remember when we moved to north carolina i was 13 and i remember just like i was so mad that we we're moving because i was 13 <laughs> i didn't want to move and like leave all my friends and everything and i just remember saying to my parents like there's not, you know, because I would go see concerts in 
Florida, but it was like, you know, Molly Hatchet was the first concert I went wow. to. Wow. Like arena rock, you know. Yeah. I just remember saying, like, there's going to be no music in North Carolina. Like, there's no bands <laughs> there. I bet there's, like, no concerts. Like, no one's going to come to North Carolina. As I had this hilarious idea about it. And then, of course, like, I ended up being in the music scene in North Carolina, and it's so much better Mm-hmm. than probably whatever happened in Fort Lauderdale. Sorry, Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> but I don't think anything was really happening down there. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's, you know, I think that it's also uh, being, I think it really shaped the way that we were a band and the way mm-hmm. that we started our label. Um, and, it, and it gave us an affinity, like when we were on tour, and you go to other small towns like Athens or like... Um, Columbia, Missouri, or like college towns, you know, around the country. And it it felt like there was a community, even though you didn't know these people yet, or you were just playing there for the first time, but you felt like, oh, like I recognize this house that I'm sleeping on the floor of tonight. Like (laughs) this is Mm -hmm. like, you know, this is like all our friends' house at home. Like I, you know, Mm -hmm. like I recognize this scene and this thing because it's like Chapel Hill. Like I think there was a, even though it was dispersed and there was no internet, you couldn't email anyone, like you couldn't read about other things online, but like you would read fanzines and stuff. And I feel like there was kind of like a scene of small towns Mm -hmm. in out of the way places that were maybe surrounded by a more conservative yeah. Thing, you know, but yeah. like pockets of people like doing interesting things. Mm. But it's exciting. I mean, and, and what I think is exciting about your music and what I love about the new record is that you, it's called, it's called I Hate Music and it's available every, you're touring right now. And it's yes, a, it's we a, just started touring. It's a beautiful record. Thank you. I, I think what's amazing is that you really, it sounds like the same band, but you do sound like it, it's like a different era of mm-hmm. this band. Like, and, you know that there's been so many different influences that um, you've brought into modern music now. You know, I feel like Superchunk really created a, its own genre hmm. of people to like kind of because it's punk rock, but it's also it's very um, poetic, but it's also mournful and sad, but it's loud. It's loud, yes, and melodic. Um, it's it's hard to be all these different things, but you manage to do it, and then you continue Thank to do you. it. And I love this record. But what is your um, what was the impetus about getting back together and doing this again? I think that um, I mean, thank you for the kind words about the record. I, I think that like that's that loudness combined with songs like mm-hmm. m- m- melodicism and uh, that kind of thing has always kind of been our mo. And, and, you know, I feel like we certainly were not the first people to do that. I mean, we, I always felt like, you know, our, well, especially when we started, our biggest influences were like, um, the Buzzcocks mm-hmm. or Husker Du, mm-hmm. uh, or Sonic Youth. Um, even a band, when I think about Georgia, um, a band we used to go see that was an amazing live band, uh, it's called Driving and Crying. Okay. Um, yeah. Who were yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So great, and uh, and like we, I, you know, I really want we really want to emulate bands like that, like great live bands mm-hmm. um, that had these songs that were, but they were just really loud. It was like take a beautiful song and then like make it distorted, and like that's kind of <laughs> yeah what we wanted to do. And I think that one thing that's hopeful. I mean, I hope I hope that we've gotten better. I mean, after I just hope that after 24 years, like we kind of know, like you've learned something <laughs> about how to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that one reason that I really like our new record and the, and the last one, which we did in 2010, after taking a break for about like nine years from mm-hmm. recording, um, is that I feel like we kind of 
went through the 90s and made a bunch of records. And, you know, we would try different things and we work with different producers and we were just trying to keep it interesting for ourselves and for people who are listening. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like after taking a, a break from making Super Chunk records for nine years, we kind of went into the last record, Majesty Shredding, and just said, you know, like, let's look at what uh, is good about us and take and focus on those things, like focus on our strengths. Mm -hmm. Because... If you're going to make a record after nine years, you don't want to make a record that everyone just kind of goes like, why'd they bother making that after nine years? Or like, you know, like, yeah, right. well, why didn't yeah. they just keep playing the songs I already wanted to hear, you know? <laughs> uh, and so I feel like we, we really consciously did say, like, let's strip away stuff that's maybe distracting or not necessary and just mm -hmm. do, like, what we're best at. Mm -hmm. Not in a way that's repeating ourselves, but just in a way that, like, focuses on that, like, the things that we're best at. And I feel like that's made these last two records like maybe the most kind of focused mm -hmm. and uh i don't want to say the shortest but like in other words i think that you know we we wrote maybe like 20 songs for this new record and there's i think 11 on the record mm -hmm. and in 1996 we might have put 14 songs on the record but mm -hmm. i think it was really just like let's get rid of everything that's extra so it's just like a record that by the time you get to the end of it like you want to hear it again right rather than like wow i'm kind of exhausted after listening <laughs> to that i need to hear a different band now you, you know i love i love it i love i love the way that you're uh able to rock out so hard and have this this loudness and the force of john's drumming and in, in the force of everything that's going into like just such volume but an intensity but at the same time emotion mm -hmm. like that's like a really rare thing you know um when you think about loud rock when you think about hard rock think you, you, you the, a lot of it loses something in the musicality but you have so much musicality and melody mm -hmm. and softness and emotion in the loud which I, i've always really appreciated well i think that that was one of the reasons that we started recording and touring again was because we all really enjoyed that part of it, the loudness mm -hmm. and like the, that's fun. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's what made me want to be in a band in the first place is yeah. like loud guitars and like being on stage and like jumping around and like that's, you know, that's, that's really fun. And I made a bunch of records, you know, as Portostatic in between those super chunk, in, in that long gap between super chunk records. And, and that was fun and, and very satisfying. But when you've played with the same people for 20 years, it's great because you just kind of know how everything works mm -hmm. and you can just kind of step back into it. And even if, it's with, even if it's with new songs and new records, like you just kind of know what to do and it makes it really fun because you're not worried like, you know, is John going to mess up tonight? You know, like what's <laughs> going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Where it's like, it's so, it's so familiar that it's in some ways it allows you rather than being, um, making it, more tired because everyone's familiar and in, in some ways just frees you up because that's like the one you don't have to think about it you just kind of like do it it's like play the songs you know mm -hmm. um and that's that's really exciting uh and like i said the volume the loudness has always been there as like an important thing to me mm -hmm. because i feel like while i do like playing acoustic shows and i like playing our songs in different contexts mm -hmm. i feel like that's it's a hard line to walk because for something in other words, like if you make a record that's kind of about sad subjects 
and the music is also really sad sounding, like that kind of sucks to me. Like that's mm. kind of, at least for mm. us, like I don't think we could do that well. I think some people could do that well. Mm -hmm. But I think that would just be kind of a drag. Mm -hmm. So I like the juxtaposition of, like if you really listen to the lyrics, like you might get one thing out of it. But if you just, but if you don't concentrate too hard and you just like feel the music and the and the power of it, then you get a different thing out of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there, there's, um, I mean, I think in all of your work over, there's like, um, there's humor, there's irony, there's like, you know, it's like, why are you telling me? Like, <laughs> that's sort of like the question of like, like that kind of like lyrics of like the these these things that are um, you 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 sort of are able to step outside of it and and kind of like look at you could be sort of an art historian also in your lyricism there's sarcasm there's like you know you want to educate you want to I, mean, I feel like it's conversational yeah exactly right? so in other words like i don't like the title i hate music people keep writing about like this it's very ironic it's very 90s the irony <laughs> and you know like it's not i think that there's a difference between just being ironic for the sake of being ironic and doing it with a sense of humor like mm -hmm. you said like and being funny and having it be something that you actually think about because you know like we obviously don't hate music but that's a real feeling that like I have sometimes mm -hmm. you know it's like I hear so much music like sometimes I'm just like god I hate it like I don't want to hear anything you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah there's so yeah. much music out there and like anyone who is on the internet at all like you're inundated if you're a music fan mm -hmm. you're just like inundated with stuff and at mm -hmm. a certain point it's just like you know, like, you have that feeling of, like, I hate this. And, like, I never would have had that feeling when I was 25. Mm -hmm. I worked in a record store. Like, I, I didn't care. I could listen to music, like, all day. People bringing in new CDs, I listened to all of them. Like, you know, like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't care. And so, like, when all of a sudden you have that feeling, whether it's, like, sitting down to write a song and you're, like, uh, nothing is interesting to me to, to do. Mm -hmm. Or, like, again, like, you turn on the radio and you're just, like, oh, like, I don't want to hear any of this. Like, that's a weird feeling mm -hmm. to have if you never had that feeling 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, how do you reckon with that? And so I hate music is not like how I walk around feeling all day, mm. but it's certainly how I feel sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not just like a strictly ironic thing, but I think that irony and sarcasm and humor, it's like if that's how you like talk to people in your day-to-day -day life. It'd be weird if your songs had a totally different... Mm -hmm. like feel to that like a totally different feeling like if you heard me singing a song you're like that's not I don't think of that person as being like that at all like that's weird in real life he's not like that like I think that would be a strange thing but it's great you know? I mean it's such a great thing because it, it really is it is almost a trademark of what you do and then the way that you do like just with the way that you sing and the way that you you sound it is a kind of um, in a sense it is a sort of a gesture sort of point mm -hmm. of view you know it is a sort of a um it's this sort of irony, but it's also the the gesture who feels it's a very true thing, and and um, in a sense, like our generation, or you know, like the the the, the people from 120 minutes, right. <laughs> like our generation, like this is sort of how we relate <laughs> to things nation. and alternative alter <laughs> alternative <laughs> nation. Back when alternative was a different alternative than it is now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, when right. when when it was like alternative, th there was such an identity to alternative, mm -hmm. and Superchunk, for me, was always a major, it, it was always a major force, um, you know, as a band, but also as an identity, and if you were a Superchunk fan, then you really were deep in, yeah. you know, like, right. it, you, there, were, there were people that, I guess, liked, you know, stuff, but if you were Superchunk, you were really, like, you really were a fan of indie rock. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, feel alternative. Like, I, you know, I feel really, uh, 
thankful that we can even still tour and play shows and people come see us because I feel like I feel like what you're saying is true in that you might be a casual music listener and maybe you like got a Pixies record or mm -hmm. some bands that were like considered alternative but were were much bigger. But I feel like um, our band and and Merge Records, our label, has always been supported by people who are like real music fans. Mm -hmm. And I think that that may be seen now as like a real like a niche thing people who mm -hmm. buy, buy music still kind of yes. thing but yes. like that's the people that we still need like that's who we have to appeal to and that's the kind of i feel like one of our jobs is like creating music fans mm -hmm. you know because if you create a music fan then you create someone who feels an attachment to music as opposed right. to like oh this is just on in the background or like i just heard this on the radio and i'm gonna go download it for free or whatever mm -hmm. like yeah i feel like a music fan like wants to know more they mm -hmm. they do feel a connection and they want to support the artists that they that yeah. they like you know yeah and I and I and I think that one thing I mean it's funny because that whole alternative nation 120 minutes thing I mean it seems a little bit silly in retrospect and even at the time it seemed a little bit silly because it was like here's your two hours a week that we're gonna play your little videos you know in the middle <laughs> of like everything else that's getting played but at the same time I think that one of the one of the real uh, trademarks of that of those bands that would get played on that and bands like us was that there was like a holdover from punk rock that, that was a little bit of like poking fun at the idea of being like a, a rock star mm -hmm. or a rock yes. band. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like just like punching a hole in that a little bit. Uh, like, look, you still want to be up on stage. Like we're all still playing guitar and like, <laughs> we get, we're, we're not just sitting in our bedrooms, you know? So it's like, we do want to be there but it's like poking a hole a little bit in like the pomposity and the grandiosity mm -hmm. of that or in mm -hmm. your own ego of like, you know, and I think that some people, uh, I mean, to me, like sincerity is more interesting than irony. Mm -hmm. And so I think some people took that as, as irony, but I think it's in some ways like self-examination. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you're saying like, I want to play music. Like this seems fun and it's fun to have like a relationship with all these people who want to hear your songs it's gratifying you know mm -hmm. to be on stage i mean you know that mm -hmm. and and so like if you guys choose to be on stage like you're not uh you're not hiding your light under a bushel but at the same right. time like if you grew up watching like acdc or someone like that you kind of feel like i don't know there is something there to be made fun of of mm -hmm. course so then you're going mm -hmm. like well who am i like to say that i'm making fun of that i want to do the same thing but maybe right. there's a different way to do it you know and i think that punk rock kind of figured out a way to elucidate that a little bit mm. anyway well know? just go yeah. back to the idea of just go up there and and rock these people out without the excess and the madness but then the excess gets into all of it it yeah. still broke up those other punk bands yeah a lot of them no too, you're right you know you're right yeah and we, we were in we, we were in uh uh in athens and we went to wuxtry records oh yeah it's a great and it, it, for me it's like i miss that going into record shops Mm -hmm. because they're disappearing everywhere but like you were saying still too it's kind of cool I will still play a CD. I mean, you know, I don't have a vinyl um, uh, uh, player anymore, but there's something important to me to putting on the CD, at least the first time I get it, and listening to it all the way through in order, the way Definitely. the person meant mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. Is it harder now because people do just go download one track or they listen to the YouTube somebody uploaded on YouTube? Yeah, well, it's funny because we had this, I mean, it's very, uh, sequencing is very important to me with an album. Yeah. Because of that reason, because I still think like, well, 
at least some of our fans are going to do that. Listen to it, start at the beginning, mm -hmm. listen all the way through. Mm -hmm. Not only that, I still have this idea of like, well, what's going to be the first song on side two? And so like we got into this a little bit of an argument within the band about sequencing because I kept saying like, well, this, you know, if this is here, then like that's a weird song to be the end of side one. And then someone else would say, well, no one listens. You know, it's like we do sell a lot of vinyl still, but the main thing is that people just don't listen to it in order like that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, so but but. I still do, so I'm going to impose that on whoever is buying our <laughs> record and just assume yeah. that they will too, you know yeah. what I mean? And I think that that's a real, I mean, especially vinyl, but CDs as well, I think that's a real thing to, um, that differentiates how, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not being a Luddite about it, I just mean I think it's a different experience if you put on an album and listen to it start to finish, it's like you have to concentrate, I mean, it's like requiring your 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 attention for mm -hmm. a, a long time whereas i mean i never listen to my ipod on shuffle mm -hmm. like it's so not interesting to me to do that you know right. it's like if i want to hear a record like i'm in the mood to hear that record i'm not in the mood to hear like 30 songs that are kind of like that record or something mm -hmm. you, you know what i mean like a pandora station or something like that. Right. it's just not in my listening right. habits but you know it's like if you used to go buy an album especially like maybe when you could only afford to get a couple albums at a time like go mm -hmm. to the store you'd be like okay have to pick like two records, mm -hmm. you know. So if you're and you're spending your money on that, then when you get home, like you're not just gonna like play it once and then like put it in your computer. It's like you're gonna like listen to those records a lot and like absorb them. And I don't know how much that happens anymore. I mean, I hope that it happens. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to find the time to do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And as you get older, and it's like you have actual jobs and families and stuff like that, it's like harder to find the time to just be like, I'm just going to put this album on and listen to it, you know? But I think it's a, an important thing to do. It is, the, to listen to the entire vision of the artist. But at the same time, what's great about your band is that, uh, I, and I appreciate the way that iTunes has even, they sequence the essentials. You know, when mm, they have the, mm -hmm. the, um, the uh, Super Chunk Essential track list, they actually, people really think about, like how how would Mac do this? And they they really do they put, put it, it together. In a good order? They put it in a good order, huh. and they put it in an order that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And even though they're they're drawing from all, lots of different records, they right. they really are very um, conscious of the way that they do it because I think because of your legacy and because the people that work I know a lot of people that work at iTunes who love your band mm -hmm. and they respect it, but they also know how they have to sell music and they have to sell it. Sure. You know, kind of. In a, in a way that um, sort of makes sense to them. Right. So, in a um, way that people feel like they can just like dip their toe in and buy like mm -hmm. three songs from this band and hope, and, you know, hope that they're the best three songs or something like that, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yes. Which, which I, and, and they are music fans at iTunes, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And then they yeah. are, and, and so it's not like, it's not like it's this faceless thing, even, but, but to me, it's still not like a super appealing way to like shop for music. <laughs> no, you, you know what I mean. No. Like, like I agree. Like going in a record store is such a different thing, and you can like ask the guy at the counter, even if he's totally rude. You can be like, "What is you know? Like, is this any good? Or mm -hmm. you know, like, what is if I like this? Like, but usually, what the record? What I if like, you do you know? ask him something, it it opens them up. Yeah, mm -hmm. like the chap we were talking to at Wug Street, we asked him a couple of questions, and then he just wanted to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. This album and that album. And then we looked at all the posters on the wall. So yeah. the great, great show posters from, mm -hmm. what was it, XTC? It was XTC REM and REM. XTC. Yeah. Wow. Five, That's six dollars or something That's like that. That's a good show. Yeah. 
But it's it's very I mean it's it's very exciting that you have this new record and that we can come see we're gonna we're gonna do our show we'll come back and see you tonight where can um so we're gonna put this up on Monday so that people can definitely like go out and see awesome. all the shows um so how long are you on the tour for so um we're doing a couple dates this this weekend in the south and then next. Uh, next week, starting on September 2nd, we're doing a West Coast tour, mm-hmm. uh, starting in Seattle, and we're going to do um, uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and That's Portland mm-hmm. after after we do uh, Bumbershoot in Seattle. It's going to be great. So oh, it should yeah. be it should be really fun. It's yeah. been it's been a few years since we've been to those places, so I'm really looking forward to it. That's exciting. And the album is available right now. It is. It came out. Uh, what's today? Thursday. It came out uh, just a couple days ago on Tuesday. Yeah, so fantastic. So release week is exciting. Yeah, I, I I think it's 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 beautiful, and I love also you know the the, the critical reaction. It was I think critically you've always done well because people know the honesty and I integrity. Com- I can't complain about the reception we've had over the years. It's true. It's always been great, and 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 I think you know people who critic like critics. I think really are so appreciative that to have a new super chunk record so they're super excited <laughs> right well i mean when i think about people that must hate music it's got to be people who write about music i mean when i think about people that mm-hmm. like get so much stuff over the transom to like process and write about and and like listen to like so when i'm talking to when i'm doing interviews about this with music writers i'm like Come on, like you must know what I mean when I say I hate music. Like you have to have that feeling sometimes, and they're all like, "Yes, of course I do," you know. But then again, you know, an hour later, I love it again, and you know, that's kind of how it goes. But the the record is, is great. It's called "I Hate Music." Um, it's so awesome. So they can tweet you guys at Superchunk. Yes. They can find out where you're playing too. Yes. At we, you know we broadcast that fairly regularly on the on our Twitter account or at uh, Superchunk.com. Yeah. Or at MergeRecords.com, and they can buy our buy our record there too. And and look at all the different things that you know all the different albums that you made i mean i i truly am a, a, a very very big fan so we're so Thank grateful so to have you on i hear some something like a sound check happening so we don't want to get in the way of your your um, sound check but thank you we will be back to see you tonight awesome i wish i could come to your guys show first i think that would be hard for me to do it'll be hard but we will be back for yours and um you can tweet me at margaret cho where can they tweet you jim at jimmy shelter you can tweet us at monsters talk you can um listen to us on soundcloud every monday and Thursday, SoundCloud.com. You can subscribe on iTunes. We love our listeners. Um, we are the Monsters of Talk, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you. <laughs>